Hi, and a very warm welcome to another episode of the podcast, Blockchain Hustle. This is Meenu here, and uh, today's episode spans a few FAQs, frequently asked questions on crypto. So let's get this rolling. The first one is, what is a crypto or a crypto token? What is the purpose and who controls it? Well, these crypto tokens, they are uh, digital assets which are created, cryptographically secured and stored on a blockchain. Their underlying technology is blockchain. And uh, these tokens, they have got no physical form. They are digital tokens and they exist only on the blockchain network. And if you were to categorize these tokens, you could put them into three buckets. The first one is the payment tokens, where they act as medium of exchange. These are synonymous with the cryptocurrencies and the most popular amongst them is the Bitcoin. The next one is your utility token. And these are the tokens which are giving you access to some product or service, a digital access. And the third one is called the asset tokens. These tokens, in terms of their economic functions, they are pretty similar to the um, equities, the bonds, the derivatives, those financial instruments. And they're also called the security tokens. Then comes the point of who controls it. The crypto token creators, they set their own tokenomics, which includes the total number of tokens which are created, the total supply the frequency and the quantities in which these tokens will be released, the burn frequency, burn means removing the tokens from circulation. So it actually balances your supply and demand and thus the value of the token also is a, is, is a part of the value of the token which comes from that. And uh, also the token distribution. So just like you have in companies, what is the shareholding, the equity distribution, you have the same here in the crypto uh, world. So you have what percentage of the tokens goes to the founders, uh, goes to the leadership team, goes to the ecosystem development, community buildup, what goes in for marketing, what goes in for the technology upgrades and so forth. So these are a set of rules which cannot be altered and they are set right in the beginning. And uh, the day-to-day -day operations of uh, running the network is controlled or distributed amongst the users and these users are what we term as nodes these are the computing devices by which different people they try to they maintain this decentralized network so there is no one single entity which runs this network it is a decentralized all these users all these nodes are running it and uh, the total supply of the tokens, it's determined by the blockchain basis algorithms. And it is completely decentralized, unlike fiat, which uh, is where the total supply is determined by your central banks. Now we talk about blockchain. So what exactly is a blockchain? As I said, it is the underlying technology for the tokens. But what exactly is it? It's uh, decentralized and a distributed digital network. You can call it as a ledger where you record all the transactions regarding your tokens, your cryptocurrencies and other tokens. 
And there are a few key attributes of this blockchain network, which makes it a very powerful tool for various applications. And one of them is immutability. Once you record a transaction, once a day, some data is written onto the blockchain, you cannot alter it. It is immutable. There is provenance, that is the sequence in which the transactions are recorded onto the blockchain. You can't tamper with the sequence either. So this provenance gives rise to your transparency and accurate tracking of your transactions. Then another one is it's decentralized. So there is no single point of control or failure. And it's a distributed ledger. So you have the same copy, the same data, which is distributed amongst all the nodes. So if one node goes down, the rest of the nodes, they have the same copy. So it's a very resilient system. So that's a bit about blockchain. Then comes the next one as to what are the top cryptos and their categories. Now, there are thousands of cryptos. Uh, there are around 17,000 different types of uh, cryptocurrencies out there, which are traded publicly. And not all of them are equal. If one were to give the top five cryptos by the market cap, you would have Bitcoin. You have next is Ethereum's Ether. Then you have Tether USDT, which is a stable coin. You have BNB, which is the native token of the exchange called Binance. And then you have SOL, which is the native token of a protocol called Solana. Now you can get all this information and more on the coinmarketcap.com, uh, which is a market research website. And just to give you an idea about what is the worth of all the total cryptocurrencies in the world, as on 28th of Jan this year, 2022, it was around 1.7 trillion dollars. And this was after the dip happened in the crypto space. Now, some of the categories, as uh, we know that not all these crypto tokens are equal. So if you were to take just a kind of a rough categorization here, one would say that there are certain tokens which act as store of value. They are speculative. So when I say a store of value, it is not like exactly like a fiat because in the crypto world, there is a, all these values, the Bitcoin, etc. they are very dynamic. It's very volatile. Uh, so that's one which is your store of value. The other one is your smart contract crypto. Example here is the protocols of Solana and Ethereum. So the SOL coin and the Ether are examples here. So these are the tokens which are required to execute certain smart contracts on that blockchain. Smart contracts are basically pieces of code which run on the blockchain. They execute certain conditions certain actions rather, when certain conditions are met. And uh, when we talk about these smart contract tokens, uh, we differentiate most of the uh, common differentiating factors out here are your transaction speed and the cost. Because whenever the smart contract does a transaction, so when you're going to, let's say, transfer a token from A to B, you have to execute a smart contract 
uh, and there is some cost which is involved in it. So some of the differentiating factors here are your transaction speed and your cost. The other one is stable coins. These are the coins in which uh, um, they are paid, the tokens, the digital currencies, they are paid in this stable reserve asset, like a fiat currency. Because you see, if you are talking about most of these cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and others, you see that they are very volatile in nature. So when you're doing certain economic transactions, let's say on a regular basis, uh, you want something, you don't want to be um, exposed to this volatility. So you go in for something which is stable and that's where the stable coins come in hand. The other category is what we call it as the exchange, the crypto exchange tokens. These are the native tokens of the digital exchanges, the digital crypto exchanges. So the BNB, which is the native token of Binance exchange is one of them. And uh, you pay less trading fees if you're using that exchange native token. And another category out here is your payment token or your digital currency. These are the tokens which are built for the real world payments. And an example here is the XRP from Ripple. Now that we have talked about cryptos, the question comes, how do you buy or you trade in the crypto tokens? Now, the most common mode of trading here is the online crypto exchanges. Examples are uh, Binance, Coinbase, FTX, Liquid, and there's several others. And uh, there are two types of exchanges, the centralized exchange and the decentralized exchange. Centralized exchanges are those in which the exchange holds your funds, your tokens, your money. And it does the trade or the transaction on your behalf. So it's more like your uh, regular equities exchange with their order books. And it's simple, it's easy to use, easy to use interface, but there is a counterparty risk because the exchange holds your assets. And uh, so there could be a possibility of the exchange getting hacked. The other one is decentralized exchange. This is the one in which the trade happens directly between two users. It's a peer-to-peer -peer exchange transaction. And uh, this is typically for the experienced folks. And most of the trades in the crypto world, they happen 24 by 7, unlike your equity world. Now that you have bought, let's say, or traded cryptos, the question comes, where do you store your crypto? The answer is in the crypto wallets. These are the digital wallets. And again, here you have two main categories. One of them is called your hardware wallets. The second one is your software wallets, the web wallets. Now, hardware wallets are the wallets where your keys are stored on a hardware device, like a USB stick. So it's not connected to the internet and it's therefore completely offline. Only when you want to do a transaction, let's say you want to access your coins or you want to trade or do some kind of a transaction, then you connect that hard drive, uh, your hardware wallet onto your computing device and you access the tokens. And therefore, it is called it's secure and it's also called a cold wallet. 
The other one, which is called the software or the web wallet is online. And you need to connect to the internet to access your wallet. And you hold your wallet via an exchange account or um, through a custody wallet. So the web wallets are not as secure or as your uh, hardware wallet for the simple reason that for the web wallet, it's always online and can get hacked. Whereas a hardware wallet, you can keep it secured by not connecting to the internet. And uh, I did mention that keys are stored. Now, actually the crypto wallets do not store your crypto tokens. They store the keys which uh, access your assets. And uh, you can call it maybe that the word keychain would be more appropriate rather than the wallet, but you call them as wallets. Now, there are two types of keys, public keys and the private keys. Public key refers to the address, the address on the blockchain where your tokens reside. So you give this address to receive tokens into your account. The other key, which is the private key, is your password or your secret phrase. And you cannot afford to lose this key. Because if you lose this key, you cannot access your tokens. Then is that, uh, are there any metrics which can translate into a crypto's valuation? Now, your traditional financial analysis, like your uh, company's business model, your product or your services, your prospects, your clients, your leadership team, etc. Most of this traditional financial analysis does not work in the crypto space. So the question is, what can an investor do? A very broad guideline here is to look at the crypto tokens purpose. So for example, utility whether that token has a certain purpose or not. So when you talk about utility, it could be the token is used to execute certain smart contracts for accessing certain transactions, certain services. So like Ether or XTC or others. Another one is payments. So example is your Ripple's XRP. So basically what I'm trying to put across here is that if you go beyond speculative, because speculative is more of the market sentiments. We're not talking about any business fundamentals or something. So one broad guideline here could be that that token is not just speculative in nature, but it is serving a purpose or a utility and you believe in that, that, that could be a future or that could be something which is required. And then you have a term called DeFi. So a lot of people would ask, what is DeFi? DeFi stands for your decentralized finance. And it's a broad term for the ecosystem of financial transactions, uh, financial applications, which are built and run, they're built and they're built and they run on the blockchain network. These applications are decentralized and they are peer-to-peer. Uh, and when you talk about decentralized applications, there is a term which, a short form, which people often used, which is called DApps, decentralized apps. So they are very similar to the apps that you see on your app stores, whether on Google or like the Android or your Apple iPhone, uh, but they are decentralized in nature. 
and the advantages of these DeFi applications over today's centralized financial services. Some of them are uh, like it's transparent, ease of access. There is, uh, because it's a disintermediation, there are no intermediaries involved. There's a reduced transaction friction cost. And um, this also enables the creation of new financial markets. So this is a powerful technology and you can use it to enable new markets, new products, new instruments. And some of the examples under this DeFi umbrella are peer-to-peer uh, -peer borrowing and lending, monetary banking services like the issuance of stable coins, and mortgages and insurances and the decentralized marketplaces, to name a few. So this was the last one for this episode. And uh, you can find more content if you would like, if you found this helpful. You can find more content under my channel, Blockchain Hustle. And I have shared here the links under YouTube, under the Apple podcast. And there are a few more relevant links out here. Uh, under tokenomics or general business concepts, etc. Do take a look. So this was the frequently asked questions on crypto. And I do hope you found it useful. So till the second, till the next episode, stay safe and take care. Cheers.